Hello, and welcome to another episode of Legally 40-ish. This is Allegra. And just when I thought I had nothing to discuss on this week's episode, Jen Shaw gives me a gift, gives us all a gift, really. Um, Today's episode is going to cover the Jen Shaw guilty plea. So I am actually recording this on Monday, July 11th, which is the date that the surprise plea came in. So this morning I was getting ready for work. I was actually in my car on my way Monday morning. I had ordered my coffee at Starbucks and I get a text from my husband's cousin. Hi, Jenna, shout out. And, um, she sends me that tweet from Ronald Richards basically like breaking news. It appears Jen Shaw is going to change her plea this morning. So again, I'm in my car, I'm heading to Starbucks, heading to work. And I had been on the gram in the morning, you know, waking up, scrolling through and and there was nothing up there. So I must've missed it from the time that I woke up to, you know, getting ready and getting out the door. So I, I, I mean, I was shocked, so shocked. And I have to imagine that everyone else was based on what I was seeing all over Instagram. Um, Again, because I wasn't, I didn't have access to anything really. I had just my phone, but I was driving. So I didn't really know what was going on. And um, I don't work that close to home. So it's not like I could just uh, be at work in a few minutes and find, you know, pull over, figure out what was going on. So um, I got all my news throughout the day through social media. Till I got home after work, after the gym, and I was able to get onto the court docket, pull the documents, and really take a deep look at what is going on. So that's what this episode is going to cover. If you want a deeper dive into the Jen Shaw case, like more facts, what the legal arguments are, what she's was charged with and really kind of the nitty gritty of, uh, of the whole, you know, of the entire thing, then listen to our January 19th episode. Um, it's just titled R H O L C Jen Shaw's legal troubles. And I was joined on the episode by my friend, fellow attorney, Laura Zolnikoff. And Again, we talk about the allegations, the telemarketing scheme, and kind of what our thoughts are or were at the time about the entire case. I don't want to go too deep into all of those facts because this is just going to be a quick episode kind of covering where we are today and what to look for in the future in the next uh, few months or so. But listen to that episode. I think it will help understand our thoughts on it and um, why this is kind of a unique case and why these specific charges are unique for this particular conduct. So let's dive into it. As everyone knows, Jen Shaw was initially indicted and charged with two counts. Count one, conspiracy to to commit wire fraud. Count two, conspiracy to commit money laundering. Now, obviously, she initially declared her innocence and not even like a little bit. She has been so loud. So, oh my gosh, just, she's just been so obnoxious and so steadfast in her 
innocence, you know, so tacky too. I mean, her tagline last season was the only thing I'm guilty of is being amazing. So that didn't age well. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's just been so indignant. And so, uh, as you know, or if you don't know, (laughs) if you don't know, this episode might be a little boring for you, but if you do know, then you're probably interested in this topic, but, um, she was arrested with her friend who she called her assistant, Stuart Smith. Um, Stuart Smith was also charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering. He was also charged with a third count of perjury for lying during a deposition, um, which took place during an FTC uh, investigation. So kind of involving all of this, not particularly these businesses, but similar businesses. Again, it's a little confusing. And if you want more backstory, you got to go listen to that other episode. But so Stu had three charges brought against him. Jen had these two. If you also recall, um, there was a time, I don't remember the date, but a document came out where the government, the U S government tiered the defendants, meaning they had like tier one, tier two, two, tier three, tier four. And the way that the government was looking at each of these individuals involved in this scheme, um, the higher the tier, the more they felt you were culpable, the more involvement you had. So Jen was classified as a tier one defendant, basically labeling her as the mastermind of this huge scheme. And the way the government refers to this is they call it the business opportunity scheme. And in a nutshell, they were collecting tens of thousands of dollars from elderly victims, selling them quote business services, but knowing full well that these business services were actually useless because essentially they didn't exist. So that is the conduct in which they were being charged with these particular federal crimes. And so Jen was supposed to start trial next week. So again, July 11th is the date that she changes her plea from not guilty to guilty and trial is set to commence a week from that date. So what I found particularly interesting is that she was in court last week. There's been no mention whatsoever about the possibility of a plea deal. Normally you'll hear rumblings. You'll get some sort of idea about court filings that give you just a little hint that perhaps a deal is being worked out behind closed doors. In this case, there were no signs whatsoever. Again, last week they were in court. So I'm referring to, I believe it was July 5th. They were in court and they were gearing up. We got to go to trial. We're going, we're going, we're going. They're still having arguments over certain things and they were set to go. And we learned on the 5th at that pre-trial hearing that Stuart Smith was intending to testify against Jen at her trial. And um, again, this to me led me to believe that they're heading to trial, um, that there was, I had no idea that there was any sort of plea deal being worked out, but, um, Stuart Smith attorney was served with a subpoena on July 8th. So July 8th is just, oh gosh, 
If the 11th today is Monday, the 8th was Friday. So on July 8th, Stuart Smith's attorney was served with a subpoena on behalf of Jen Shaw, requesting some these documents. And his attorney filed a motion with the court on Friday, same day, saying um, we need to quash the subpoena, which means basically get rid of it um, on the grounds that the information they sought was protected by the attorney-client privilege. And then, um, so again, this is Friday. So subpoenas are still being issued. I mean, they're gearing up, ready to go. You would not think that if you're sending out subpoenas on Friday afternoon, if you were intending to head to court Monday morning and change your plea to guilty. But in fact, that's what happened. So Jen did change her plea from not guilty to guilty, but she only pled guilty to count one. And count one is the conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Count two will be dismissed. Another interesting thing, I I think anyway, is Stuart Smith actually pleaded guilty to all three of the counts against him. So he pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud, conspiracy to commit money laundering, and perjury. Yikes. So he has now pleaded guilty to more criminal offenses than Jen Shaw. And we don't know what he's looking at. I mean, we do know like the big, 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 big numbers, but in contrast, Jen Shaw, her plea deal involved a stipulated sentencing range, which I will get to in a second, but with Stuart Smith, he's, his was kind of going in blind. So um, I don't see on the court docket anywhere. I can't seem to find when his um, sentencing date will be. I'm thinking that's because there was an intention for him to testify at the July 18th trial. And since the trial is now vacated, I would imagine that there will be a sentencing date put on calendar. But as of today, this evening, July 11th, um, I did not see that on the court docket. So I will keep my eye out for that for sure, because I'm curious. I think when we see how much time he gets, it will help us kind of determine maybe a little bit better what Jen will get sentenced with. So let's talk about that. So as I said, her plea deal involved a stipulated sentencing range of 135 months to 168 months. So for those of you who are trying to do the math, count with your fingers, grab a calculator, that's about 11 years, 11 and a quarter years to 14 years. That's a long time. And in the the agreement, there's a paragraph that I thought it, it caught my attention. It says, the parties agree that neither a downward or upward departure from the sentencing range. Accordingly, neither party will seek an seek any departure or adjustment pursuant to the guidelines that is not set forth herein, nor will either party in any way suggest that the probation office or the court consider such a departure or adjustment under the guidelines. So, and part of the, part of the agreement is that Jen will not appeal any sentence 168 months or less. So she knows she's looking at 14 years. That's a long ass time. 
it's just really surprising. I mean, the, the facts didn't look good. I mean, the odds were not in her favor, but I mean, that's a long time. So of course the sentence is to be determined solely by the court. So the guidelines are not binding on the court, meaning the court does not have to stick to the sentencing range. Um, there will be a, so what happens from here is that she's going to be sentenced um, on November 28th, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank goodness it's not in the morning, so I'll be up and at him. But that's that's when that will happen. And But from now until then, so probation will do a pre-sentencing report. Um, all of this, everyone's gathering information and they could submit all of this information to the court. And then the court takes it all, reads it all, and then makes the judge will ultimately set the sentence. Um, so when those filings are in, so there are dates that the government has to put in their papers, the probation, the defense, everyone will be filing filing stuff for the court to consider. All of that will happen um, in the early weeks of November. So I will definitely keep an eye out for those. And um, I wonder, I think I can, I might be able to get like alerts for this particular case um, through the website, through the court website. Not particular. I'm not, I'm not positive of that, but I will keep an eye out for those filings because I do think that whatever we will be privy to, some things may be filed under seal, but what we will be privy to will be rather interesting. Um, along the same lines regarding sentencing. So I was talking earlier about the tiered defendants. So just for, I don't know if it helps us too much because I don't know enough, or I, I did, I read about them, but I don't remember as I sit here today. Um, I don't know enough about the facts involving the other co-defendants or the related cases. However, um, there have been other co-defendants in this particular case that um, have been sentenced to significant time. So there was someone who was uh, sentenced to 72 months, someone else sentenced to 30 months. There is a tier one defendant who was sentenced to time served. That's surprising. I mean, if tier one is supposed to be the people with the most culpability and the masterminds behind the whole scheme, um, time served seems light, but they must've cooperated. And then there was another tier one defendant in a related case. So they weren't a defendant in Jen Shaw's case, but related. And, um, he was sentenced to 87 months. So, I mean, she's facing real time. And I do think that she will actually spend time in prison. That's my, that's my opinion. Um, I think it's an educated, I think it's fair. I think it's an educated, it's an educated guess, but I think it's, um, I don't think she's walking away with, well, she has no time served, but I don't think she's walking away with a slap on the wrist. I do think that she will spend time in federal prison. Uh, just don't know how long. So um, in addition to looking at prison time, significant prison time, she is, or was required, it's already it's already been ordered that um, she forfeits $6.5 million. And this is an order that will be joint and severable with Stuart Smith, um, meaning the court can get it from one or both of them. Plus she's looking at potentially restitution up to $9.5 million. I had no idea she was making so much money, but there it is. And um, 
in addition to the forfeiture, the restitution, uh, she's also looking at fines in the range of $35,000 up to $350,000. So I don't know. I don't know. With the forfeiture, they can only get money that's been like traceable to the actual scheme and fraud. So hopefully Coach Shaw's money is, you know, safe. It's just, it's real messy. I don't know what he's going to do or what he knew or didn't know, but it's just crazy. And I think it's funny that all of the Salt Lake City ladies have been oddly quiet today. And Meredith Marks posted some Instagram post yesterday. So the day before this plea change, um, and I don't have it in front of me. Maybe I should have pulled that up, but it was something like I live in the United States where you're presumed innocent until proven guilty at trial. Um, well, (laughs) that is true. I do agree with you. I mean, that's not even something like we can agree with or disagree with. It's a fact. Um, but she's now pleaded guilty. So, and she stood up in court and she told the court when the court asked her, Miss Shaw, what did you do? She said, wire fraud, offering services with little to no value. We used interstate telephones and emails. I knew many of the purchasers were over the age of 55. I am so sorry. So she stood up there. She admitted that what she did was a crime. She knew it was a crime and she did it anyway. Um, yeah, so that's what's happening with Jen Shaw. I mean, there's, there's a lot to it. Um, again, I do recommend listening to our episode about a little bit more about the facts and the charges and what's going on. Cause it's, it's really complex. Actually, it's much more complicated than I, I knew. Um, obviously when she was first arrested, I didn't fully grasp or totally understand everything in the indictment because it was a little vague. And, um, so having kind of have, having dive deep, dove deep, having gotten deep into the pleadings and really taken a look at, um, all of the allegations, it's really a complicated scheme and yeah, she was quite successful at it. Clearly. I mean, making looks like tens of millions of dollars and now she will have to pay the price for her crimes. So, um, as soon as I have any more information about Stuart Smith's sentencing, I will update that. And I will obviously keep an eye on the docket and let everyone know if there's been any changes. Um, if you have questions, if there's anything you want me to talk about anything that I can, you know, get more into, not just give facts, but really explore the law a little bit deeper. I would love to do that. I'm happy to do that. So let me know. Um, until then, hope this episode was informative and yeah, I will be back next week with another episode and I'm sure these celebrities, these Bravo celebrities will keep giving us all of these gifts for us to talk about on all of these platforms. Thank you for listening. Uh, please follow us on Instagram at legally 40 ish until next time. Bye.